Hi, welcome to Memory Chips Podcast. I am Anne Wyshynski, and I have a collection of potato chip bags from around the world. And every so often, I go through this collection, and a certain bag or bags will bring up memories of people, places, ideas, and I really want to share these with you. So if you please subscribe, you will never miss a bag. Canadians are often stereotyped as being nice, but Lindsay Anderson, who is Canadian, is more than polite. She's a genuinely compassionate person. She's uber nice and also extremely curious and can't help herself when it comes to connecting with other people. And we have never met in person, but as you'll come to find out in this multi-episode Lindsay Palooza, you'll you'll forget that fact because she is so skilled at connecting with others. Lindsay and I somehow found our way into the same study group for certification with the eccentrics fitness technique that we both teach. We are both level four eccentrics instructors, and we're both totally evangelical about how game-changing this modality is in terms of helping people relieve pain and improve mobility and strength and flexibility. But aside from that similarity, we both have the tendency to get carried away with our curiosity about people and situations and things, often to the point of finding ourselves in new, seemingly accidental vocations. Today, Lindsay tells me the story about how she ended up with a soup-making business. And believe it or not, potato chips have a big role in it. Chip bags. Yeah. Where's the Canadian ones? Um, well, so the, I have a lot of Canadian ones, but these are the ones that I selected for for you to choose from. I have a lot of more, but I was like, I was thinking about these because they sounded like gourmet, and I was thinking about your soup. These these are British, but I got them in Canada. Yeah, I've never seen those before. Savor Smith. So they're. Oh. See, I got them in Toronto. Oh. And they were at some sort of gourmet sandwich. Oh yeah, those look really interesting. Yeah, so they so this one is truffle and rosemary flavor, and the other one is bubbly and serrano chili, and oh. that was an option for uh-huh. for us um, because just because of like the soups and like combinations of flavors and things like that. Not that you would make a champagne and chili soup, but maybe you should. <laughs> well, maybe I could. <laughs> so many things to do in a day. I know, I know. That's what I wanted to talk about because you do do so many things in a day. And so I'm, I find that really impressive. So I wanted to talk to you and find out like where you find the energy. And, <laughs> and then, I don't know. I, you know, when you put it all in one sentence, it does sound like a little crazy. <laughs> but it, you know, I don't, I don't work full time. So it's, I have my days to, to kind of choose what I want to do. I think when you can choose what you want to do, you find the energy for it. You know, I feel like so many things just fall in my lap. Like I'm, I don't go looking for like the, the soup. I didn't, I didn't wake up one day and think I should make some soup and sell it. Yes, I should do that. No. And this is how my soup business started. <laughs> It's just crazy. I got an email one day from a man named 
And I was like, I don't know anyone named Yogeshwara. So I was going to just delete it because it sounded like, you know, he was from overseas and scammy. And But I, I opened it and I read it and it said, hello, my name is Yogesh and I'm looking for a place for my daughter to live. And I'm like, well, I don't know who you are. <laughs> I don't so I thought, oh, it's a scam. And I was going to delete it, but I'm so nosy and curious. I just love to know, you know, if I can, you know, do it safely without getting myself into a situation. So I, I emailed him back and I said, and he, oh, and he said, I'm looking for a place for my daughter to live. And Marina told me to contact you. And I don't know anyone named Marina. So I thought, oh, he's either got the wrong person. So I emailed him back and I just said, how do I know Marina? And he emailed me back right away and said, I don't know how you know her. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is, this is going nowhere. You know? So I said, well, um, what is your daughter? Like I live in a small town. So I said, so what is your goddaughter? Why does she need to live where I live in, in my small town? And he said, she's, um, she's a student and she's been, She's doing her co-op, which is like an internship at a factory in your town. Okay, so I'm going to abruptly interrupt in the middle of Lindsay's story to insert something funny. Despite her knowing that this podcast is about my potato chip bag collection, she failed to mention that there's a Lay's potato chip bag factory in her small town in Alberta. And also that this potato chip factory is the reason that this family was looking for a place in her town to begin with. So I got to tell you, Anne, I got to tell you. So her job that she was doing, like she's an engineering student, uh -huh. the co-op was at, we have a potato chip factory, a Lay's potato chip factory in my town. You do? So, yes. Why did and I know that? <laughs> I know. I, I can't believe I haven't told you this. So it's a very, very stressful place for employees to work. It's like so demanding because if one thing goes wrong on those lines with the with the bags going through and the chips and, you know, they have people that have to pick the chips out and they're testing constantly. And one of her jobs as an engineering student was to tweak the amount of flavor on the sour cream and onion chips because they were getting emails from people saying that the chips in their bags that they were buying didn't have consistent flavor on each chip. I don't know who takes the time to email and say, my chips did not have consistent flavor. Like not each chip had the same amount of spice on it. And so that was her job as an engineering student to try and figure out how to regulate that. And um, it was very high stress, but she said, you know, people that worked there had worked there for years and years and years. And she said, it's so loud in there and, and people aren't happy. And I'm like, oh, it sounds awful. And here I am, you know, just a few blocks away from this factory and eating my chips thinking, wow, like people are suffering so that I can eat this chip with enough flavoring on it. I just thought, wow, that's a lot of stress for chips, which yeah. we really don't need in our lives. Yeah, they're not unnecessary, totally unnecessary. They're totally unnecessary, but yeah. there are people that go to work every day that almost like are giving their lives to make sure we have our chips the way we want them. Okay, back to the middle of Lindsay's story. And I'm like, oh, well, this is kind of sounding more legit. And I said, oh, okay. 
I said, so um, how do I know Marina? <laughs> and he's like, I don't know. And so I said, well, I don't have, I, I have a few rentals. We, we own a few houses in town. So I thought, okay, so this Marina person must know that I have a few rentals and, and we had nothing vacant. So I said, well, I don't have anything available, but I'll let you know if I hear of anything. So that was the end of that. I thought that would be the end of that. But I was so curious about how I knew this Marina person and how she knew me. So I went to my eccentrics binder where I have all my waivers because I thought she must have taken a class. I've had several hundred people try a class. And so I went through my waivers looking for Marina. No Marina. So then I went on Facebook on my page and I typed in Marina to see if I had a friend or a contact or a friend of a friend or a mutual friend. And sure enough, a Marina popped up. And I looked to see who she was, and I didn't know her, but we had a mutual friend. <laughs> so I went to that mutual friend where they worked, and I said, I said, do you know Marina? And, and she said, yeah, I do. I work with her. And uh, I said, I'll give you my number and tell her to call me. And so in 10 minutes, she called me, and I said, Marina, how do I know you? And she said, we don't know each other. And I'm like, what? I said, so who is Yogesh? And what, like, tell me what this is all about. And he said, and this is what happened. So she was getting her mail one day. She was just on her street getting her mail. On, you know, we have the boxes on the street and a car pulled up beside her. And this gentleman got out of the car and he said to her, hello, my name is Yogesh. And this is my wife. And this is my daughter in the car. And my daughter is only 19 and she has to move to your town. And I'm so worried about where she's going to live. Do you know anywhere that she could live? And he's from a huge city, about three hours from here, big city. So he's a city guy, you know, he's got this daughter and he's so worried about her living in this little town where she doesn't know anybody. And she's only 19. And this lady's like, um, no, I don't know where your daughter could live. <laughs> but she said, we started talking and visiting. And she said he was the nicest man. And his wife was so kind. And they were from East India, but they'd lived in Canada a long time. She said, they were the nicest family. And she said, I just felt like, man, I wish I had a place for your daughter because she's really lovely. <laughs> so he gave her his email address and said, if you know of anything, if, any, if you ever hear of an apartment, would you, would you let me know? And she's like, yeah, sure. She took his email address and off she went. And on her way back to work, she ran into a friend of mine. <laughs> And she, but she was telling this friend, she said, you know, I just had the strangest thing. I was talking to this man on the street. He approached me and he's looking for a place for his daughter to live. And he's such a, he was such a nice man and kind of end of story. And the person she was talking to said, you should have him call Lindsay Anderson. And what's so crazy is she did. Like she went back to work and emailed this stranger. So that's how he contacted me. So as my day is going on, I'm like, thinking and and you know how worried the dad is and how you know thinking yeah he's his oldest daughter he has two girls but that's that is kind of scary for him you know it'd be nice to reassure him so so I text I emailed him back and I said you know um I I, I can see why you're why you're worried about your daughter but if it and they had two months to find a place so I said just to take the, no, one month, they had one month to find a place. So I said, just to take the stress off of your family, if your daughter would like to 
stay with me while she finds a place. So don't feel like you have to find a place right away because some things come up, you know, and she had to be living, she had to live here for four months. And I said, so if, if she'd like to stay with me, we have an extra room and she can just stay here until she finds a place and I'll help her find a place. And he said, oh, thank you. Thank you. You answered right away. And I'm like, you don't even know me. Like, how, you're trying, but he just had, you know, <laughs> and so I texted and he gave me his daughter's phone number. So I texted her and I told her, I said, you know, I, your dad's really worried about you. And I said, we've had exchange students in our home before, just kind of, so kind of, so they would know that, you know, this isn't just random. Like I have references kind of thing, you know? So they zoomed me at seven o'clock that night, two hours. We were on our zoom call. <laughs> I'm showing her the neighborhood and my house and my husband's like, to uh, why are you showing them the bathroom downstairs and <laughs> I haven't even told my husband and by the end of the call the dad said could she just stay with you and not find another place could is that okay and I said well I don't want her to feel like she said she's young and I'm a grandma and I you know I'm not fun and and so she'll want to have a roommate and you know she won't want to live with us but she can for a little while and she said no no I think I I think I would like to live with you and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so, like, no. So the dad, the dad's like, so can, can we send you some money and hold her spot? I said, well, I, it's, this isn't a spot. There's no one else trying to get in here. You don't have to hold the spot. And so, so we set things up and she was such a sweet girl. She said, so tell me, tell me what your expectations are. Like what's expected of me. And because we've had exchange students in the past and we've had, we've had students stay with us before I knew exactly what I wanted to tell her. I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm not going to wake you up for work in the morning. I'm not going to drive you anywhere. You bring a car, right? Cause I'm already done. I've had four kids. I'm not driving people anywhere. I said, I'm not cooking for you. I'm not making your meals. I'm not, I don't even do that for my husband anymore. Our kids are gone. <laughs> it's like, we just fend for ourselves. And I said, I'm not going to cook for you. And, and you're going to make your own lunches. And, and I have grandkids here all the time. I'm not going to shush them. My life will, you're not going to have me. <laughs> yeah. me. She's like, Oh, that sounds really good. That no, that sounds good. That sounds good. So in she moves and, but she brought in this instant pot and I'm like, you know, I've seen, heard about instant pots, but I don't like a lot of stuff on my counters. I don't want all these kitchen gadgets. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, that thing's huge. It's going to sit on my counter. Ah, all right. Put your instant pot right there. And then she used it and she made this um, delicious Indian dish with rice and stuff. And it was so fast and quick. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that's really tasty. And we shared it. And I'm like, that instant pot's kind of cool. I said, that, that, that fired up right. And so she said, yeah, you can, you can borrow it if you want. I said, you know what? I might, I might make some soup in that tomorrow. And that's how the soup began. That's how my soup business began. <laughs> Cause I made soup in the instant pot the next day. And I made a lot of soup. It was like a 12 quart thing. And I had all the soup and I'm like, you know, this is really yummy soup. That Instant Pot was quick and easy. I should, I should post it and see if I can sell some of my soup. <laughs> yeah, but you, but you had experience making soup before that. You, you, as a teenager, didn't you? Oh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, as a teenager, I worked at, at a health food store and that was my responsibility every Saturday was to create a soup from all of the leftover vegetables and stuff from the week in that little restaurant. I make this big Saturday soup, but I would never have thought to make soup and offer it 
for sale. <laughs> you know? That's what I did. And it took off. And then, and then I, so now I'm making soup. How did you let people know? Who did you sell it to? How did you let people well, know that you were selling soup? Facebook. You know, we met through Eccentrics, getting to know you as a, you know, the study partner and all the things that you have going on. And I'm like, every time you post something, it's just like, you know, you're throwing a fundraiser for somebody or you're, you're inviting you know, somebody to come live with you that you don't know, or you're like, oh, you're like the, the ultimate, like people person. I have to know everybody <laughs> and help them. And it's just like, it's really, it's really impressive because I think that a lot of people, especially with social media, the way we are now is people are projecting themselves, but they're not taking in. I'm guilty of this as well. Like I'm not taking it in. That's why I stopped using social. I don't use social media because I realize that social media, I only use it to try to promote me. And I don't give a crap what other people are doing on social media. I don't look at anybody's posts. I don't look at anything. Like I'm just like not interested. Like when I go on Instagram, I'm like not interested, not interested, not interested. I'm just like, <laughs> no, never mind. But I'll post stuff on there. And then I realize, you know, I can't be the only one. I think most people on that are posting, they, they just care about promoting themselves. I know. I used to feel kind of hypocritical about that, you know, because I was like, I'm same with you as you. I'm just going through, but I'm like, please stop and look at mine, but I'm not looking at yours. And I feel right. like, gee, that's not very nice yeah. of me. But yeah. it's the only place really to um, to market. I know. Market. That, and that's what I'm saying. But that's that's kind of a shame because, you know, even when you interact with other people on social media, the reason why you're interacting with them is still ultimately so that you can promote yourself, yeah. promote your own thing, because you're trying to get people to like you and whatever you're trying to gather people, yeah. you're trying to get, you know, like these social media credit. And so any interaction that you have is not genuine. So that's why I really like, I think it's really amazing because you're not only really good at social media, you can tell like, that you you genuinely have like to make connections with people in real life. I really I, do. <laughs> I know you do, and that's. I, the, crazy, but I, yeah. I think that social media is infecting. Yeah. Our way of um, interacting with people in real life, mm -hmm. and you know what I mean, and networking. Like instead of making friends now or connecting with people, we're networking mm -hmm. as yeah. opposed to just like making a connection and. It, you 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 totally reminded me of this of just seeing knowing you and seeing what you do and how you go about your life and the the real connections that you make with people are what we need to remember to do and so yeah so that's why I, I just want to the next episode of Lindsay Palooza we talk about Lindsay's collection of obituaries please join us. Thanks for listening, and if you have any questions or comments about what you heard today, please post them to the review section of your podcast player. So if you use Apple Podcasts, you click on the show thumbnail and scroll down to leave a review, and then whatever happens after that is up to you, but hopefully it's nice. You can also leave posts at, on Instagram at, at @memorychipspodcast. memory chips podcast.